Gobble Gobble Friends. I'm Erin. I'm Tom. And this is Baby's First Watch List, your movie podcast that feels the need to celebrate every holiday with a film. This We didn't do Arbor Day. Or is that that doesn't count. That does not count. Um, but we're definitely going to be doing some kind of leprechaun movie. Well, maybe we'll do leprechaun. Maybe we will. There's plenty of leprechaun movies. Or Disney original movie, Disney Channel original movie, Luck of the Irish. I think it's like a basketball movie where he like has a leprechaun help him or something. Yeah, there's also a Celtic Pride or Celtic Pride where they kidnap uh, Damon Wayans. I think one of the Wayans brothers. A leprechaun does? No, uh, Celtics fans do. And they, because uh, they need the Celt, they want the Celtics to make the final or in the finals or whatever. So they kidnap the opposing team star player, uh, and they're playing like the Jazz or something. And then it's all about the Celtics. All right, w- but what does that finals. have to do with a leprechaun? The Celtics. Mm, a likely story. This week we take on Thanksgiving with the ultimate Thanksgiving movie, and by ultimate I mean like. One of only only a couple. Uh, 1987's Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. A very long, noun-heavy movie title. Which, now that I... Comma-heavy, too, if you use the Oxford. I'm asking, is the Oxford comma in it? Is it actually? I don't know. I put it in. I always put the Oxford comma are Yeah, we are an Oxford comma podcast. Yes, our family is very uh, pro-Oxford comma, which if you don't know, is anytime you have a list of more than two things, the comma before the and is the Oxford comma. It's considered optional. I I think that it's a must, though. You get the uh, you get the English teacher um, yes, the thing here. Yes, the 10-second mini lesson. There is no Oxford comma in Plain Trains and Automobiles. I don't like that, but okay. Um, this movie... Starring odd couple Steve Martin and the late great John Candy was written and directed by 80s jogger, juggernaut uh, John Hughes. Hughes is known for creating many classics in that decade, including Ferris Bueller's Day Off, The Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink, 16 Candles, Some Kind of Wonderful. He like hits after uh, hits after hits when it comes to that. He also is a holiday movie heavy hitter, making this movie, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, and 1990's Home Alone. I actually didn't realize he did Christmas Vacation. Yes, and he did the original National Lampoon's Vacation as well. I didn't realize that. Yep. He also did uh, Uncle Buck, uh, so he's got a bunch of John Candy films. The Candyverse. Um, We mostly, I think, as a society, know him as the kind of 80s teen movies kind of guy breakfast club yeah that Ferris kind of Bueller, thing yeah. the molly ringwald trilogy that whole thing but um, what's the third one it's pretty in pink 16 candles. 16 candles it's 16 candles breakfast club pretty in pink okay um but this one is uh kind of a little bit of a uh departure from that genre uh, planes, trains, and automobiles, which I have here is PT and A, because PTA made me think of Paul Thomas Anderson, um, <laughs> has a sweet runtime of 92 minutes. Although apparently the first cut had like almost four hours. I need the four hour cut. Apparently <laughs> it like doesn't really exist anymore. Like no one knows where the, I think the record like of it is. I think there's a DVD somewhere that has an extra 75 minutes. Oh, please. Which would be Please fun. mail it to us. It was a critic. Not that we have like a DVD player. I guess you've been in the PlayStation, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, it was. We'll a- find a way. We'll find For a planes, way. trains, and automobiles, we'll find a way. 
It was a critical and commercial success upon its release in 1987. It made $49.5 million on a slight $15 million budget. Roger Ebert, the god in yes. our podcast, yep. uh, in particular, really loved this I movie. Have, I have multiple sections of his review in my awesome. notes. It currently has a 92% fresh rate on Rotten Tomatoes. It is considered a Thanksgiving tradition to watch this movie in in many households. I did not know this. I had never seen planes, trains, and automobiles before. I had seen it in parts, but never never the full thing. Um, I wish I had seen it before. Uh, it would become maybe it will become a little bit of a tradition in our household. It's a great one. Yeah, I don't see why not. A remake was announced a few years ago in 2020. Did you see this, Tom? No. So it's it, it was like a co-production between Kevin Hart and Will Smith's production companies, and it would star the both of them. Uh, they did not say who would play which role, mm-hmm. although my guess would be Will Smith and plays Steve, the Steve Martin, Martin role, role yeah. and Kevin Hart as the John Candy role. I could actually kind of see it the other way too. I yeah, I could too. Um, it I I first wrote that nothing has been happening since then but i was like i don't know that so let me google it and um there really hasn't been too much they said it's still in development very recently i saw this article it's still in development they're um they haven't started filming yet but they tapped uh brooklyn 99 and everybody hates chris writer aisha carr um and she's she's a a writer on the show woke i've never heard of this Woke? It's, yeah, it's called yeah, Woke. Yeah, I've heard of it. It's I've on never one of it. the streaming networks. She's, I recognize her name. Um, So this would be, I think, her first movie screenplay. But hey, a Br- Brooklyn Nine-Nine is so funny. So oh, yeah. I think she actually would be great for that. Um, I just don't know how I feel about more 80s remakes. Yeah. I mean, if it's going to be good, great. Uh, I'm not particularly fired up about a Will Smith, Kevin Hart version of this. Like, I don't need that. Yeah. You know, but I don't know. Maybe some people want that. Now that I like think about it, there really have not been many, if any, movies that were remade that were John Hughes movies. No Breakfast Club, no Pretty in Pink, no Ferris Bueller. No. 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 Um, I guess you could go with like Home Alone being like, oh, they did just remake Home Alone with uh, the guy from Jojo Rabbit. Oh, the yeah, friend. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. that did I don't remember the not name. do well no, at all. No, no. <laughs> No, it did not. <laughs> but there have not been many John Hughes remakes. So I don't know. I like, listen, you can do what you want. People might really like it. That's cool. Uh, like I've been saying, I'm not one to yuck someone's yum. So we're not yuck yummers. We're not yum yuckers. We're not yum yuckers. So if you're into that, great. Will I be first in line to see it? Probably not. But hey, whatever. fourth or fifth, maybe. Yeah, why not? Um, <laughs> That's what I have for our intro. There's really not much, Tom, because like Plane Trains and Automobiles was not an awards contender. It That's a mistake. Uh, yeah. It isn't one that there's uh, too much on. So um, let's get a summary from it's, you. It's an obscure film. Yeah. No, it's really not. <laughs> okay. So April is like throwing her tennis ball at me right now. <laughs> Okay, so plot summary. We open up two days before Thanksgiving with ad executive Neil Page, played by Steve Martin, who is in New York City on a business trip. Neil is at a client meeting where the client simply cannot choose which design to go with for his cosmetics company. 
Already late, Neil motions to his boss that he needs to leave to catch a flight home to Chicago for Thanksgiving. When the meeting mercifully comes to a close, Neil rushes out to hail a cab with little success. First, he locks eyes with a man, played by Kevin Bacon of all people, who he races to a cab and he loses. Kevin Bacon's character gets in the cab and drives away and we never see him again. Bye-bye. Then, Neil tries to bribe another man for his cab, but while he was paying the man $75, a third man, played by John Candy, jumps in the cab and the cab drives away. When Neil finally arrives at the airport, he fortunately learns that his flight has been delayed. This is about where his fortunes end. He just so happens to be sitting right next to the man who jumped in his cab. The man apologizes and says that his name is Del Griffith and that he is a shower curtain ring salesman. Dell, and again, this is the guy played by John Candy. Dell is headed back to Chicago as well. And after Neil is downgraded from first class to coach, who does he end up seated next to but Dell? Mm-hmm. The jovial Dell talks Neil's ear off and has a lot of less than thrilling stories about his life and the shower curtain ring salesman game, but eventually they fall asleep. The flight takes longer than expected, and Neil and Dell realize that due to a blizzard in Chicago, the plane was div- diverted to Wichita, Kansas, where they now have to stay overnight. Neil finds himself unable to book a room, but Dell gets one because he knows the proprietor of the hotel from previous stays. He knows everybody. He knows everybody. He's everybody's shower curtain ring salesman. What do you think Dell stands for? I don't know. I don't know. Delphius? Perhaps. Belmont? (laughs) Neil reluctantly accepts Dell's offer uh, to stay in the hotel room with him, and Neil pays for the cab ride to the motel. As they check in... There's a little bit of a mix-up, and Dell accidentally takes Neil's credit card. It is an accident. It's not. It's not it on is, purpose. They have the very similar, very similar credit cards. Forced to share the last available room with just one bed, Neil flips out at Dell's behavior. Dell puts a photo of his wife on the nightstand. He spills beer in the bed. He keeps clearing his throat as Neil tries to sleep. The whole thing. Neil loses his temper over Dell's irritating behavior and just blasts him. This hurts Dell's feelings, but they calm down and they share the bed. Mm-hmm. While they sleep, a burglar enters the motel and steals all of their cash, which is very like not 2020s, where they're just he's just stealing the cash and leaving the wallet. I know, right? Well, nobody carries cash anymore. Yeah. Also, I looked it up. Delbert. Delbert. I don't know if that's his, but Del is a nickname okay. for Delbert. Okay. The next day, the pair wake up spooning, and there's a funny little. Uh, oh, it's cute. Yeah, a funny little interaction. Air travel remains impossible. So the pair hitchhike with a weird redneck guy to Stubville, Kansas. <laughs> that guy's crazy. I mean, his wife. <laughs> yes. Neil buys the pair train tickets to Chicago with seats in separate cars, which he says was a coincidence. I mean, which he says was not intended, but I mean, yeah, clearly okay. he bought well, two yeah, separate right. seats. Uh, the train, of course, breaks down in Jefferson City, Missouri. Neil sees Dell struggling with his gigantic trunk, and he walks over and helps him carry it to a nearby bus. They have to walk. Yeah. Like... Like to a bus stop. A mile and a half. Yeah. The pair travels on a crowded bus to St. Louis, where Dell raises money by selling curtain ring samples to passersby as if they were earrings. Yeah, they're so funny. He was like, uh, he was talking about like all these celebrities. I that... wrote that. I wrote this down. Yeah. So they're at lunch at a diner and uh, Neil offends Dell by telling him that he would rather just travel alone. Uh, and Del- and Dell's like, whatever, man. And then they just part ways. At the St. Louis airport, though, Neil tries to rent a car, but when he goes to the parking lot, it's not there. The car is just not in the parking spot. 
So Neil slips and slides his way all the way back to the terminal, and he lays into the rental car agent. With the most bad words I've ever heard in my life. He says the F word 18 times (laughs) in 60 seconds. And it's the only time that that word is there. Yeah. Uh, But the agent informs him that he is, well, let's just say out of luck. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Neil walks outside and tries to rent a cab, uh, but impatiently insults the dispatcher who punches him in the face and knocks him on the ground. Neil almost gets run over by a car driven by who else but Dell, who picks Neil up and puts him in the passenger seat of his rental. As they drive, Neil and Dell argue again, and Neil decides to just put his wallet in the glove compartment and take a nap. Dell continues driving, and he tries to flick a cigarette out the window, but it lands in the back seat. Dell then nearly gets them killed because he ends up driving on the wrong side of the highway, and the car barely avoids being smashed by two 18 wheelers. The two take a breath on the side of the road after their near-death experience, and as they do, Dell's cigarette ignites the car and burns it to a crisp. Neil gloats because it's Dell that's on the hook for the rental car, right? But actually, Dell admits, he had found Neil's credit card in his wallet and he used it to rent the car, but he was going to pay Neil back when he got home. Yeah. But now Neil's on the hook for the for the burnt yes. rental car. <laughs> This sets Neil off again, especially as he realizes that his wallet burned up in the car's glove compartment. (laughs) Neil pays for a nearby motel with his expensive watch, but because Dell has nothing of value, he tries to sleep in the charred, roofless car out in the cold. Neil looks outside, and he sees Dell trying to sleep in the car, but he feels some sympathy, of course, as anyone would, and he decides to allow him to sleep in his room. Dell comes in with a collection of miniature liquor bottles, puts the photo of his wife on the nightstand, and the pair laugh about the events of the previous two days. The next morning, they try to make the drive to Chicago, but the obviously unroadworthy car is impounded by a police officer, played by Michael McKean. Dell talks to a trucker who agrees to take them into Chicago in a refrigerated trailer. When Dell and Neil reach the Chicago L station, Neil thanks Dell for getting him home, and they part with affection for one another. As Deal ri- deal. As Neil rides a train back to his neighborhood, he thinks about the trip, and he starts to recall some of Dell's odd comments and silences and things like mm-hmm. that. Neil realizes that Dell. It's a Del, very 80s way that they yeah, do it. It's like a little montage. Yeah. Neil realizes that Dell hasn't even been trying to get home himself. He returns to the station where he sees Dell still sitting. Dell explains that he's actually homeless and that his wife had died eight years earlier. So sad. That's why he carries around the photo and he puts it in all the hotel rooms and things like that. Mm. Neil Big brings. Wife guy. Yeah, exactly. Neil brings Dell home with him for Thanksgiving dinner and introduces his family to his new friend. Neil hugs his wife, and Dell looks on with a freeze-frame smile as the credits roll. <laughs> the freeze-frame, again, very 80s. Uncle Buck ends with the exact same frame. Really? Yes. With him just yes. Like smiling? Yes. Uh, there's also a post credit scene, which we didn't even get to. No. We turned it off. Uh, but Neil's client from the beginning of the movie is still trying to make the decision, <laughs> and there's a half-eaten turkey or something on the desk. <laughs> that's cute. And that's it. That is that is planes, Plane, trains, trains, and automobiles. And automobiles. That's a really good summary, Tom. This movie was so funny. It was great. I laughed the entire time. The entire time. So, um, you know, the first thing I wrote down, obviously, was like great Kevin Bacon cameo. Oh, yeah. Me so too. I say let's wait until closer to the end to do Our Kevin degrees. Bacon segment. Yeah, yeah. of course. Um, but we got to make the people get through the... the we got to make them slog it through before they get to the get fun to part. That. Um, so, I, the first thing that I put was what was your first or worst travel experience 
It could be airplanes. It could be trains. It could be an automobile. Um, I have a couple, actually. I probably have one of each that I could go with. I wrote what was your worst hotel stay, so we can kind of combine, maybe. That's perfect. <laughs> so, to me, my wor- the worst was, okay, I was in Porta Plata. Porta Plata, Dominican Republic. Republic, but like not the good Punta Cana side, um, the Atlantic Ocean side, which it explains why it was so cheap at the hotel. And so we went to go um, back to New Jersey and the, the flight, apparently they had worked too many hours. So they had to stop in uh, in Dulles Airport in D.C. And it was like 10 o'clock at night. And they were like, we've arrived at Dulles. And one of the girls, not my friends, one of the other girls on the plane was like, wait, we're in Texas? Dulles, Texas. <laughs> oh, no. So then we had to stay overnight. and But like they wouldn't get us another flight. It was torture it was so bad the hotel i remember my friend and i uh were gonna come down and pick you guys up yeah from new jersey to dc yeah um wait we're in texas (laughs) uh so that was the worst and then we finally got out the next morning but it was awful i hated it mine probably mine probably was uh there were two experiences i had that weren't very good one of them was I was too young to really appreciate it, but my um, I went to Disney when I was like five, and we took some like shady, like <laughs> it was called Sunjet, I think was the company. Oh my god! Uh, for our flight, and while we were there, it stopped operations. That's why. And we had a round trip booked, as far as I know, uh. And we were just apparently, again, I, I was too young to really understand the gravity of the situation, but maybe if we have, maybe if we have somebody in my family on one day, we'll have to go through it. Yeah. Uh, I ended up, we ended up doing Delta on the way back. Okay. Delta is not bad. But we made it. It was pretty, it was pretty like, oh my God, like, what are we going to do? Yeah. Kind of yeah, situation. What do you even do in that yeah, case? Yeah. You just book Delta. Is Delta the one where you have all the snacks and the thing that you can go up and again, get Again, I don't remember. I was like four. Yeah. I just something that I learned is to try to avoid going on mass transit when you have stuff planned for like right after. Yeah. Right. You never know. You just never know. Like always have a day or two of leeway. Right. Yes. It was kind of hard. Our honeymoon was like two years late. Because of the pandemic, we originally were going to go to a bunch of the Scandinavian countries. And then we ended up. All of them. Not not all of them. Yeah. Isn't Iceland one? Oh, yeah. All except Iceland. Isn't Finland one? No. Finland's not? Nope. Yo, sorry, Finnish. <laughs> um, and then we ended up doing sort of a an Amtrak cross country from Chicago to San Francisco, stopping at Yellowstone and Salt Lake City in the middle. And... Um, that's one of those instances where you kind of have to hope that mass transit is working because you kind of can't miss things. The one issue we had there wasn't it didn't even have anything to do with mass transit. It was that our trip to Yosemite got canceled. No, no, no. Our other problem was that the air conditioner broke on our Amtrak. Oh, yeah. That was pretty bad. Yeah, that wasn't good. That was not good. Well, I had a, I had a similar offshoot question in, in that we 
took a planes, trains, and automobiles trip, yeah, which was we, that trip. We did. We went across 10 states uh, in that trip. We did planes, trains, automobiles. We did... Do we take a boat? I don't know if we a took a boat. Boat? No, I don't. No, think so. we did. We were on a boat on the for architecture the, for tour. the tour. Yeah, but in, not for in so Chicago. So we took it, <laughs> but we didn't like. We it wasn't like a transportation thing. Oh well, we moved. well well. So so my question was going to be, what is what was the what was the best way that we traveled? Oh my god, um, it had to, it has to be. All right, well. Listen, um, first of all, it was not Newark Airport because some guy almost punched another guy. But listen, listen, it was listen. Deserved, In defense of Newark Airport, if you get through Newark Airport and you've only seen one fight, it's not that <laughs> it's bad. It's really not that bad. Um, so that was pretty bad. Although San Francisco Airport was like downright pleasant. Oh, yeah. And so was Chicago. Oh, downright pleasant. Yeah. We weren't in the Chicago. Oh, yeah, we were in the Chicago yeah, we were. Airport. Um, so that was not good. We took like a couple Ubers. Those were fine. Whatever. There was that weird guy in Salt Lake City though. Oh yeah. That like had uh, Joe Rogan on the whole time. Oh, the Uber. Yeah. Yeah. There was also the guy in the bus when we went up. Okay. We took some like major. I think it's safe to say that guy will not be listening to this podcast. Yeah. Trash. Um, trash buses. Like lower than greyhound we had to take a bus to get from salt lake city up to west yellowstone montana when we were staying for um so we would we went from utah through idaho i think up into uh-oh <laughs> we're gonna have to get go ahead tell tom and i'm gonna get the baby uh we can we can stop now and come back to it next time he relaxes okay yeah that's would perfect. you rather do that yeah so, um, yeah. Let me nice. just write down what where we were at. And we're back. Oh, man. That was <laughs> <laughs> hours later. Hours later. It actually is hours later, but it's okay. So, go ahead. Tom, keep talking about this. All right. So, there was this guy on one of these, like, weirdo like majorly trash buses like mini greyhounds we were going from um i think i said this before we came off but i th we were going from salt, salt lake, lake city, city to yellowstone to montana yeah Mon so west yellowstone montana so we were going we went through utah through idaho up to montana it was two we didn't know how any of this worked no seriously like a lot of this trip we just kind of like Winged did it. it yeah um and so this this section, it was like two separate buses, and they would like stop at some random like, like a rest stop gas station rest stop where like then there was a big gorilla that had like fireworks. fireworks. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it was this like secondary bus that only had legit like us three, three rows and about. yeah, and it was like us and this weird guy. We were watching Minority Report on my iPad. Yeah, it was so good. <laughs> we were like ignoring him. He was like coughing yep and he was like he what did going, he say air air yeah air. <laughs> telling him to turn the ac on it was wild yeah yeah um that guy was that guy was a piece of work that was a fun trip man <laughs> that was a really fun trip so what is your worst hotel experience then Worst hotel specifically? Well, that's what you wrote, yeah. right? That's yeah, your yeah, question. yeah. When my friends and I took a trip in 2017 to uh, Disney for a day, and then we did like a cruise. We stayed at this place in. It might have been in Kissimmee, which is where like Disney is. Uh, it was. I'm not going to name drop the establishment, 
but I remember the name of the establishment. Mm. And oh, I <clears> think I remember actually. Yeah, it's very close to a uh, the resort of a former president of ours. Oh, interesting. <laughs> um, and it was a, it was like it was like the seediest, most rundown piece of garbage motel you've ever been in. And we looked it up on uh, Yelp or whatever, and it was like, yeah, somebody shot themselves here. Like, it would, he's, he'd live. He didn't, like... Oh, he lived? It was, like, an accident. Yo. But it was, like, yeah, like, there was, like, blood everywhere. <laughs> it was, like, oh, no. Uh, the hotel, I mean, honestly, it was fine. But, like, I didn't go under the covers. I didn't do anything like that. No, you I can't. Was, like, no way. There no are way, some no hotels way, no where way. you just know I am sleeping on top of the covers. That is exactly what I did. And I'm not using the towel. I don't care if I'm it doesn't not... mean anything. I don't care if it doesn't matter. Like, you, know? you might, like... Put down a T-shirt over top of the pillow, yeah. kind of situation. I, w- I wish I'd thought about that. Yeah. We, I, at, of the two of us, though, sh- shockingly enough, I'm not the one who stayed in the hotel where there were bed bugs. Yeah, that was um in the very popular establishment in Kissimmee, um, <laughs> in Disney World. Yeah, I stayed at a six-person suite that was a. Uh, uh, Art of Animation, it was Finding the... No, I said in the Lion King one. It was Lion King themed, and it rocked. And the people that were on the uh, pull-out couch got bed bugs. And they got money. They complained, yeah. and they got money. Yeah. So... And they had, like... They had to take pictures, and... But they, like... It was legit. They if you got get bed bugs... bugs and it was just the two of them. So if, if you know, do it, and then... Don't accept their first offer yes. and call and they'll give you more. Well, any lawyer will tell you the same thing. That's what you got to do. Yep. So, yeah, that was pretty bad. Uh, I've been pretty lucky with hotel experiences. There's been a couple times where I'm like, I don't know about this, but um, nothing that's too shady. Yeah, no, there. I don't have any horror stories other than just the shape of that motel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the experience was whatever. We made it work. We stayed there for one night and then it was before we went on the cruise. Yeah. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Um. So... I this is not a um a question but I feel like John Hughes must have been really good to work with because first of all Molly Ringwald's in like a billion of his movies right yeah. and there's a lot of like repeat people and stuff like Kevin Bacon was in she's having a baby right around that time yeah. and that cast is like stacked with like tons of people but something I noticed about this movie is that there were three different Ferris Bueller actors in it. Ben Stein. Ben Stein was the, one of them. The, the uh, rental car agent. Yeah, the rental car agent. She she was uh, the secretary at Ferris was Bueller. Was it was it school. maybe the guy who was on the plane with them that fell asleep on Steve Martin's shoulder? No. No. Okay, I don't know the other one. It's Steve Martin's like boss that he was talking like whispering to at oh, the okay. beginning. That's uh that oh, was yeah. Ferris Bueller's dad. Dad. Yeah. yeah. Right. So um, I thought, like, that was an interesting thing. Oh, speaking of motel, though, I said I kind of love the seedy motel decor. It's very Golden Girls chic. Yes. Yeah. It's very much having cheesecake on the lanai, and I love it. Yeah. I mean, we're Golden Girls heads here. So. Oh, I'm. we already, our son's first birthday party is going to be Golden Girls themed. 1,000%. And it's going to be awesome. Picture it. Sicily. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be, like, uh, like, bright patterns and, like, Palm tree, uh, like patterned with pink and green, and lots of really cool. I'm gonna wear like a like a Blanche big like thing on. It's gonna be so cool, and you're gonna wear a Sophia. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be Stanley. Oh my God, Stanley! I love Stan. Um, it's gonna be fun. <laughs> uh, all right. So, one of my questions here. 
Dell's shower rings that he like sells his earrings are so random. One of them was Diane Sawyer autographed ring. <laughs> <laughs> what is one of the most random modern day rings that you can think of Dell selling now? Like just like of a celebrity? Of any yeah, yeah. Like for example, mine would be a lime green Larry the Cable Guy oh, signing yes. as Mater. <laughs> <laughs> uh with major lightning bolts on the side shower ring oh man maybe like uh I, I don't know just some like random character actor like richard kind like here's a richard kind ring yeah <laughs> for those of you who don't know who richard kind is he you do know who he is he played bing bong he played bing bong and he played he was the ged teacher in the first season of unbreakable kimmy schmidt that only played major league <laughs> yes yeah honestly Tom Berenger is another good one. That's a, a Tom really Berenger good. ring. If in 2022 or someone like, was selling a Tom Berenger uh, shower ring, yeah, I'd say so. I would buy it because, like, why would this person be lying about that? I don't know. <laughs> be good. Although, let's face it, if there was a Tom Berenger just starting on Twitter right now, I don't think I'd believe him. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> We're gonna pay. I'm gonna pay eight dollars to make a verified Tom Berenger account. Do you think that this is the like 1980s version of what's happening now? Just him selling, him selling like fake Diane Sawyer signed shower rings that like yeah. in 2022, it's, you know, someone impersonating. Uh, I saw someone was impersonating Sandra Bullock on. For some reason. Like saying, hi guys. It's and me, like, Sandra. And it was like <laughs> legit trying to be Sandra Bullock. That's genius. Um, I, it just reminds me of the Jeremy Renner app, which is one of the, one of the marquee moments of our time, I would say. It's so funny. The Jeremy Renner app, for those of you who are somehow... Who not, somehow not perpetually online. Yes. It was an app created by Jeremy Renner, the man himself. Hawkeye, you know him, you love him. I did not think this was even, like, real. It was real. Yes. And for some reason, it was, like, just for him to keep up with his fans. And, like, you know, he would do his... He would do his daily posts and every wednesday he'd say happy wednesday and then it would just be like a picture of him hanging out with his family or whatever and then all Although of a sudden he's had some uh, interesting press back in the day so it's i think he might have been trying to um, do a little pr uh-huh well he he did <laughs> and people... yeah but remember he's like a music star too yes uh... star is a little <laughs> <laughs> a star is born. <laughs> people started making these fake accounts so you would get like like people pretending to be there was a person who was pretending to be Richard Kind, who again is a character <laughs> actor, is a random like old Jewish guy from New York. And they were pretending to be him asking Jeremy Renner for tips on how to break into the music business. <laughs> like just pe it's just people running wild and doing the stupid things and impersonating people and then Jeremy Renner shut it down. Because well, it, was, I would too. it was getting to be, apparently, it jumped the shark, literally, is what he said. Which doesn't make sense <laughs> at all. No, the only person who jumped the shark literally was the, the Fonz, Fonz. And that's yeah. it. Um, so that that's what this new era of Twitter reminds me of. Very much so. It's kind of interesting. Anybody I... can be anything. It's the Wild West. None of it needs any verification. Nope. It's just... It's very much like when we were in early high school internet. Yeah. Yeah. In a bad way. In a bad way. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, there's and, a and reason listen, why catfish exists. And I'm no Twitter apologist. I think Twitter's been garbage for a while. But, I love Twitter. I'm sorry. But. I think it's so funny. What it's turned into now is just next level. Okay, but when Twitter hits, it yeah. hits. Oh, no. I, 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 I'm talking about, like, for the world. 
Yeah. Twitter's bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there is probably a net negative. Um, also with Jeremy Renner, like when all that <laughs> Ren's Day stuff came out and like his music career and all that, I was just like, oh my God, he's it, like, it became almost a joke. And then like every time I see him in something, he's actually a really good actor. Well, I remember when the Hurt Locker and the town came out, those like that, like two or two or three year period yeah. when those came out, he was like the next big thing. Like yeah. people thought he was going to be He's in more than you think. Well, he is, that's though. why he was cast as, as Hawkeye. Yeah. Because he was that, he was that type of actor. He was a prestige casting at the time i liked him in um american hustle and i didn't love american hustle but i actually thought he was in he american was, hustle yeah he was the uh mayor of camden oh yeah and then he's good in arrival and he's great in wind river oh yeah he's wind got river. hits wind river's, Renner, a... renner's got hits baby <laughs> wind river's a great movie it is a great movie Ber bernthal we talked about him last episode John yes bernthal. yes and elizabeth olsen yep um yeah that's good stuff if you like uh yellowstone it's created by the same same dude. Yeah, and it's like a um a murder mystery. Yeah, it's really kind good. Kind of. Um so one of the things I really liked, I don't know if you caught this, but at the end, um when they walk up to Steve Martin's big, beautiful, kind of like um Chicago suburbia home. Yeah, exactly. That now you would only be a you could only afford it if you're like a bajillionaire, but like yeah. back in the eighties it was like, Oh, it's a nice house. Yeah, it's a regular old blue collar family. I mean he's yeah. an ad exec, so he probably he probably made good money for the time too. For but sure. Still. Um and Dell says, Boy, you are one lucky guy, Neil. And Neil says, I know. After all that that's the line that they have i love that that it's like they just had the worst travel experience yes. in the entire world for two days and they he's like yep i am i'm lo the luckiest guy yeah and i mean the fact that he it was it ties in with the fact that he realized that dell's a good guy and dell's just going through some stuff and that he he felt bad about what he had done the last it's, two days as it's well very much a heartwarming movie yeah. and i think that a lot of times um not even a lot of times, but sometimes, especially with more recent movies, when it turns into the sentimentality at the end, like it goes from being like, oh, funny, crude, funny, whatever, into being a little sentimental. Sometimes that can feel too schlocky. Yeah. And too like uh, sweet, you know, where it's just like, oh, my God, toothachey. And this didn't feel like that. This to didn't me. feel that way. But what I liked was that they didn't ruminate on the bad stuff like. He recognized Dell's position and how he was just depressed and homeless, but they didn't, they didn't bury you in that either. No, it, it was two seconds and then yeah. it moved on. And like, if you, if you're paying any attention during the movie, you know that there's something up, Yeah. but they didn't, they didn't go too far into the sappiness and the melodrama. Mm -hmm. It was just like, you know, people, people are going through different stuff in their lives. And, you know, sometimes it's, it's on one person to pick somebody else up. And that's it. So one of the subplots that was uh, not that didn't end up making it into the movie is that um, Steve Martin's wife uh, thinks that he's having an affair, and that's why he's not home. You know, for Thanksgiving or whatever, he's out and he's saying, "Oh, I got stuck in Wichita. Oh, I'm, I ended up at this motel with with a friend, a new friend, whatever, uh, some guy." And she doesn't really believe him. Now that did not make it into the movie, but if you knew that backstory, there is there's hints that it's there. Yeah, like, especially in the final scene, the way that the wife on the phone is like, she you could tell she seems skeptical. Shifty. Yeah, and then at the end, yeah, you could tell that that was an idea at one point at the end she sort of gives him a look 
Yeah, like, and oh, then he walks, were telling the truth. When he walks in with, with yeah. uh, Dell. Do you think that adding in that subplot would have enhanced the movie? Or do you think it would have taken away? What do you think? Entirely unnecessary. I agree. Uh, the movie's perfect without it. Yeah. it's It just doesn't add... It adds no stakes. It adds no, like, drama or anything. It's just... It's there to be there. It's there to give the wife something to be jealous of. And it's like, that just, we don't need that. Right. Exactly. Especially when he's going to walk in the door at the end with Dell. Like it is what it is. He's mm-hmm. not, you know, uh, you know, she's not suspecting him of cheating on her with Dell. So yeah. Right. Although there were, they were cuddling in that one scene. Yeah, what was the line? It was like, they were, they were spooning. He's like, did you just kiss my neck or something? And, it, what, he was like, Where, oh. where's your hand? Oh, yeah. He's like, between two pillows. He's like, those aren't pillows. And then they jump out of bed and they're like, oh, uh, you know, the Bears. That was a great Bears game last week. <laughs> but so funny. The, the thing with that scene that I really liked was that it's not it's not homophobic. No, it's no, not, no, not at all. It's just two men who are like born and bred to not be vulnerable with other men. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. It has nothing to do with them. Like, they don't, like, say anything about the other person being gay or anything no, like no, that. No, 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 no. It's, it's literally just their own self-insecurities, which I found to be such a, a nuanced joke. Yeah, it that, was good stuff. That could have easily gone too far, but it didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. The other uh, one, besides the Kevin Bacon stuff, the other question I had, you already have. So I'm going to send it over to you uh, with your questions and comments. Okay. So do you want to do the Kevin Bacon thing last? I think that's probably the best right. because that could go off the rails real fast. My first question is, why is this like the best movie I've ever seen in my life? <laughs> it's really good. Uh, I was g- giggling for like the first. It's so funny. John Candy just has a way when he just when he speaks. I find him hilarious. He is the he I have. OK, so I don't remember what episode we talked about this in, but Aaron has mentioned how she feels a kinship with um, Christina Chris, Applegate. Christina Applegate. For whatever reason. I don't have a reason. I just do I, it. That said, for whatever reason. And I feel that way about John Candy. Like you're his cousin? No, not that we're like related. He's Canadian. Like, and I he's just, never even been to Canada. As far as I know. Um, <laughs> what do you mean? Maybe I was brought there after oh. after he sired me. Maybe in I like, a, in like Can- a different a different life? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway. I just, every time I see a movie with John Candy, like, I just want to be John Candy's friend. It's all He's I wanted so my entire, I wish he was still alive. Like, yeah. I, all I want is for him to be my uncle or something. It helps that I watch Uncle Buck, but. Well, it's funny. Growing up, I, I didn't, like, when I started watching movies and stuff, people would always talk about John Candy as being, like, funny. Oh, he like, was Chris the best. Farley and all this. He, he is cuddly Chris Farley. I had no idea who he was. Yeah. And then I found out later that I actually, when I was in early elementary school, I watched his animated show, Camp Candy. Yes. And I loved Camp Candy. And, like, no one had ever heard of it. Yeah. And it's, like, this cool, cute, like, TV show where he's a camp counselor. I loved Camp Candy so much. Yeah, he... I mean, so I had... I loved Spaceballs growing up, which is a Star Wars spoof or Star Wars alien predator, like all those types of movies. And it was a spoof on that. And he was one of the main, he played like the Chewbacca guy. Yeah. But he's like a teddy bear kind of thing or a lion or something. Uh, he, he's a mog. He's half man, half dog. <laughs> That's it. Okay. <laughs> uh, I did not like Spaceballs very much. Spaceballs is great. And then, uh, you know, you got this one, which I hadn't seen, but I, I love uncle buck, which is another John Hughes movie where he plays the uncle to, I forget which actress. I don't know if the actress is famous, but the boy is is uh what's his name? 
uh, Macaulay Culkin. Oh, really? Yeah. And he is he has to take care of them for a weekend because uh, their parents have to go like for some reason they're traveling and he has to come over and he's like their deadbeat uncle from Chicago. Oh my god. And uh he gets into some stuff and you know he learn he they they end up liking him at the end even though yeah, they're yeah, pranking yeah. him the whole time and he's kind of a loser but he's he's great. Lovable. Yeah. I love that one. I also love The Great Outdoors, which I haven't seen. Uh I'm a I I love John Candy and he also did you know that he was in um the Second City TV? Yeah. So he did, uh, which was basically almost like the SNL of Canada. Of Canada, yeah. And it was like him and uh, Eugene Levy from uh, Schitt's Creek. He plays the dad in Schitt's Creek. And like Rick Moranis. Catherine O'Hara was in I it too. I was about to say, I think Catherine O'Hara was in um, it. Um, Harold Ramis, Martin Short. Like they were all yeah. in all in the sec- uh, Second City Like who knew that Canada shows. like had it going on? I, it's funny because I associate John Candy with, I guess with John Hughes to the extent that like, for some reason, when I think of John Candy, I think of Chicago. I don't think of Canada. Yeah, I think it's right because be- John Hughes is all—it's all Chicago-based stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why that is, really. But I just love John Candy, and I and I. He, if if you gave me like three actors I could bring back, he'd probably be one of them. Oh, that's really cute. Who yeah. else would it be? <laughs> Who else would you bring back? Uh, I don't know. I would have to think about that. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of options. Yeah. There's, you know, Chadwick Boseman, honestly, uh, yeah. for a recent one. Chris Farley. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, those are the three that come to mind. Yeah. I would bring back John Cazale. Yeah. He, he was, was only in... in, like, five movies, and I think every single one was nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. That was, like, wild. He was gold. He died way before I was born, but, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's maybe one of them, too. Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger's he a good one. So much more, you know. So much more to do. To do, uh, yep. yeah. Um, but John Candy is a really good one. Kazali appeared in six full-length feature films, all of which were nominated for Best Picture. I love that little fact. Which is The Godfather, The Conversation, The Godfather Part Two, The Godfather Part Three, which are all Francis Ford Coppola, The Deer Hunter, mm-hmm. and Dog Day Afternoon. Dog Day Afternoon, one of my favorite movies. The only one of those I, I mean, I haven't seen The Deer Hunter, but I know like all about it. Uh, I have not. I don't know that much about the conversation, but other than yeah. that, the rest of them. And with the deer hunter, Meryl Streep, that was his partner. Was that where, uh, was it Robert De Niro who paid for him to be in the movie because, yeah, because insurance, the insurance, he was would sick. Not... John Cazale was sick and, uh, insurance wouldn't cover him for the deer hunter, which was like a war movie. Um, and Robert De Niro paid for him mm-hmm. to be in the movie. Yeah. Yep. Because they were great friends and everything. And that's, crazy. and that was, his, and that was Cazale's final role. Yeah. Yep. That's sad. He's a good one. Yeah, he's my he'd be my pick. Yeah. He just like I just so ha- I just have like I said, I just have that connection that I feel with John Candy that I would probably he he might be my number one. Love that. Yeah. That's great. What other questions do you have? Would you get along with Dell or or Neil? Would you get along with either of them? I think that I have patience enough that I would be able to get along with Dell. I think I would like Dell a lot more than I would like Neil. Neil's kind of a jerk. He, yeah, he is. And he's like I'd be like, "Oh, this guy sucks." He's arrogant. Like Dell is a lot and annoying yeah but you know that he has good intentions he means well i have had many students where i'm just like oh my goodness like they'll they'll talk to you for like ages about something you're like okay like you don't care you literally don't care at all but like because they're so earnest and so nice that like you'll you'll 
humor them. Yeah. You know? And then you'll be like, that was nice. Like, they they wanted to open up about something. Like, you know? So I feel like Del's kind of like that, where it's like, oh, we got it. Okay. Yeah. But you, you're nice and you humor him. And Neil is a stuck-up ad exec. Right. And that's what he is. And he's exactly that character. And Steve Martin plays that to a T. Yeah, exactly. But he's also a good, like, he's a decent guy. But he's not a bad guy. Yeah. And you get that when you see him, when he lets John Candy in, when he's asleep in the car. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, just exactly. the, just the little, like, bare minimum moments you get yeah. that in. Yeah. But you can tell when he gets home that, you know, he's always thinking of his kids and things like that. So Oh, yeah, totally. He, he, this whole, his personality to an extent in this movie is a victim of circumstance. Like, he's just yeah. stressed out. Like, yeah. But, it's I And I do appreciate that nuance to his character because it's like, he could just be this rude guy, but... He, or this guy who does who only cares about work, but it's like no, he actively wants to get home to his family in time. He like knows what is happening at certain times, or he's like, oh, it's my daughter's play right now that she's at. Yeah, right. Like, it's, and he like has you see him thinking like his his thought like it'll go to the the gymnasium or whatever right. where her play is. Yeah, and and so I I like that that is his character that he's not just some like jerky dude. Yeah. Yeah. He is the jerk, Steve Martin. He is. But, <laughs> that is true. but that's a different movie. Yes. Uh yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I would get I would get along much more with Dell than I would with Neil. I don't think I'd want to travel with either one of them though. Uh, well, okay, so that leads me to my next question, which is what's the worst trait a travel partner can have? And relatedly, does Dell do all of them or is there another one you might want to no, add? No, no, no. To me, it's a bad attitude. And, and that's what I was gonna say too. Neil is is maybe the worst travel partner. I like when we were in um, Salt Lake City, we had a, a snafu where the train, the Amtrak, it was supposed to arrive at 11 p.m. Because that's just the time that it arrives in Salt Lake City. And it didn't come till 3 a.m. And we, we were, were sitting. We were sitting for those four hours. And I remember being like, thank God we're going into it with a positive and just like, oh, whatever. Like, go with the flow attitude. Because if either one of us was in a bad mood, it would be torture. It would have been miserable. Miserable. I to me, that I just is sat there. The I played my switch. Yeah. We just hung out in the weird Salt Lake City bus station or uh, Amtrak station. Yeah, I can be a difficult traveler. I don't really think that's the case. I feel like sometimes, I'm or maybe just I've just like, learned to deal with you. Maybe <laughs> I need at least like some time either by myself. Or not speaking, or but like, I, but I'm good with that. Yeah. So maybe that maybe we just are work together. Yeah, like, I I don't mind sitting by myself and reading a book or whatever. I, right, I, I I also like that. So. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, I think going in with a bad attitude is probably the worst trait a traveler can have, and not going with the flow. And guess what? Dell did not do that. Yeah, he was always like, "Ah, hey, whatever, let's do this." Oh yeah. my god, this is annoying. He, let's do that. He was a little rambunctious at times, and that might yeah. have graded on some people. But I think I also hate. I also hate like deep sighs. Like if like <sighs> I hate when people do that. Why? Just for any reason? Just like cuz it's annoying. Like shut up. Like it's when like if something doesn't go your oh, way something goes and you wrong. do a yeah. deep sigh. I'm like no. Also anyone who's rude to customer service Always. or uh you know anything like that, I hate that. It is not the person in the at the airline's fault that you missed your flight, right? right? So don't be rude to them. Or that the line was long. Or that the line was long. Nobody cares. It's yeah. not their fault the line was long. Maybe you should have gotten there earlier. Right. Um, or maybe you should just like learn patience. Yeah. That's that's my big thing. Um, and then yeah, I hate just people that are rude and awkward. 
like that. Like making things awkward. I don't care if you're awkward, but if you make things awkward by being rude, I don't like that. Right. Yeah, no, I think that all makes sense. Yeah. And Dell Dell is just a lot. He's not a bad. Oh no, he's not. A, he's actually a good traveler. If you're like partner, if you're attitude wise. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he was willing to help Dell. I mean, uh, Neil at like every turn yeah, when he totally. could. He got him that ho- the motel room in the beginning, even though it was one, you know, one bed, whatever. If Dell didn't do that, Neil's on the street that night. Exactly. So you know, he called in a favor for his uh, shower curtain ring clients. <laughs> so good. Uh, okay, what's my next question? Give me your top three John Hughes movies. So, all right. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is definitely one of them. Um, I might have to go with National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I okay. watch it every year. I love it. There's that's a so possible, many. That's a possible for our December Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, we might have a... We're going to try to maybe get a special guest for that one. We'll see. And then... Um, I think that out of the other ones, I used to love 16 Candles. It does not hold up at all. It's actually, there's a lot of problems with that one. I've never seen it. Um, Breakfast Club is a really, really good movie. Um, so maybe that is my third or this one as yeah. my third. Um, I also, I didn't watch Home Alone until I was an adult. So I do think there's an argument to make that the three kind of holiday adjacent movies are John among John Hughes's best. I mean, Ferris Bueller, I think is his best. Ferris movie. Bueller. I agree. I think is that I haven't seen a whole lot of them, but that's, that's my favorite of the ones. If that you seen. take that one out, then I think that the holiday trilogy, if you will, of planes, trains, and automobiles, national lampoons, Christmas vacation, and home alone you could say that those are his three best yeah i'm looking at his uh filmography right now and there's none of them i mean i like i said i have a connection with uncle buck some kind of wonderful is just okay pretty in pink is just okay i don't think that uncle buck is many people's favorites but uh that one has a place in my heart and so my 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 three would probably be uh in no particular order this one Uncle Buck and Ferris Bueller. I like that. But I like, I like the ones that you met. I like Christmas vacation. I like those too. Yeah. I do like the vibe that he, he, his movies kind of have a comfort vibe to me that I like. I, it is kind of interesting. I saw that there was, I don't know if it was analysis or criticism or what, but, um, someone said that there's too much of a, um, a kind of positive, reagan-esque view to it like worldview from it his movie yeah and i thought that was an interesting is that just because it's in the 80s and it's nostalgic maybe i don't know i don't yeah, know i don't really see that but maybe if i viewed it through that lens if i rewatched the great outdoors yeah, kind of like he, he wrote the he didn't direct the great outdoors but okay. he wrote it. Like kind of like picket fence in chicago suburbs right. like perfect families and that kind of thing right um i don't know i think that he made really cool movies with, with some stuff that definitely caveats. wouldn't. Yeah. There's definitely caveats there. Some things that would not be acceptable today and shouldn't have been acceptable at the time. Yeah. But, um, I, uh, 16 candles is wild. Yeah. I, I'm not looking forward to watching it to be honest, but yeah. I know I will at some point. Yeah. Do you have a favorite comedy duo or group? So like I, thought of maybe like you know chris farley and david spade or james franco and and seth rogan or like groups like that or you could go with like the lonely island like do you have a do you have a a a couple of 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 duos or groups that you like 
I always am down for, you know, a Tina Fey, Amy Poehler yeah, that's another... collab. That's always really good. Um, I like, yeah, The Lonely Island, I think, is really, really fun. We're going to get to Popstar. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Movie. And Hot Rod. But we're going to, we're going to, Popstar, we're going to make an event out of. Yeah, I think that's really good. What was the first one you said? The first one that I said? Oh, Chris Farley, Farley and, and Yeah, that's good. Um, I like. <laughs> it's so stupid, but oh, you know what? No, it's not stupid. I was gonna say Adam Sandler and Rob Schneider, but really Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah, a yeah. great pairing. Yeah, it's not well. Yeah, because Drew Barrymore is not like funny. She's not like a she, but she plays off of him so well. Exactly, yeah. she brings out a sweetness. Yeah. Um, and she's goofy too. So, she's goofy. Um, but she's like not like that. laugh out loud funny. I mean, yeah. And then probably like Will Ferrell and John C. Riley's. Oh one. yeah, that's a classic for yeah. us. Holmes and Watson, oh, our favorite God, movie. No, no. <laughs> Step Brothers though, and um, yeah. Talladega Nights. Heck yeah. Yeah. Um, and then obviously you know Kelly Clarkson and Justin Guarini. Yeah. You got to go with from Justin to of Kelly course. there. Of course. Um, My yeah. favorite Dr. Pepper spokesman, Justin Guarini. <laughs> I do think that um, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley are top, top, top. Yeah, I mean, there's always, like, if you go back, the Three Stooges and, and, and Laurel and Hardy and, like, those, like, types of comedy groups that this all comes from. So that that's, it's, there's so many. Yeah. But I think that those probably are my favorites, too. Yeah, I agree. I like those. We're big Lonely Island heads. Uh, always. Um, What about recasting these two? Yeah, I was thinking about it. I, I didn't come up with any great ones this time. So one that I know I, that's a surprise. One that I kind of <laughs> so I liked the movie The Heat with uh Sandra Bullock and um Melissa McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy. I think that that would be a good one. I was gonna say Melissa McCarthy for the Dell role. Definitely. I think if you pair her with either Sandra Bullock or with Jason Statham from Spy. Yes. <laughs> that would be awesome. I feel like they tried to do that with Identity Thief with her and Jason Bateman. Yeah. But I don't love Jason Bateman. You said he was him. one of the best straight men yeah. in comedy. It doesn't a couple... mean I liked it. Yeah. Um. So I think maybe that. I think you could go with a cool, like, uh, Zach Galifianakis. Yeah. And... They tried to do that with Robert Downey Jr. And yeah. And him and Due Date. Yeah. And that, I guess, didn't work so well. I saw either. that movie in theaters. Did you? Yeah, it was okay. Okay. It, it was also Todd Phillips, so he was really trying to make the Zach Alphanakis thing happen back that's, back that's in those fair. days with the Hangover and that. I think that you could, um, yeah, you could go with. Um, Why don't we do Joaquin Phoenix in the Neil role mm -hmm. and Danny McBride in the Dell role? That would be interesting. <laughs> um, Danny McBride's great. We love Danny McBride apparently yeah. on this podcast. Yeah. It's a big Danny McBride <laughs> month for us. Exactly. Um, oh, oh, uh, oh no! I said I said Franco and Rogan as for the previous question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I think that the Kevin Hart and Will Smith stuff. Why not? Or The Rock. Yeah that that would be yeah that would work. Do do their like eighth movie together. Yeah. I feel like we could do. I'm trying to think of like somebody who's like way too serious. And somebody who is like the opposite of that. Like, like you see where I'm going with the McBride yes. Phoenix thing. Yes. Like, put like Viola Davis as the Neil role mm -hmm. and um, Walton Goggins as, <laughs> as Dell. That would certainly be very interesting. <laughs> That's really funny. All right, this baby, we need to get him again. Yeah, we're going to have to elevator music you again. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you.
Okay, and we're back. We're back like 12 hours later. More than <laughs> More that. More than that. It's 15 hours later. Uh, but for you guys, movie magic. It was just a couple seconds away. So, all right, Tom, you said you have one more for like recasting. Yeah, I'm going to go with, uh, for Neil, I'm going to go with Russell Crowe's character in that Road Rage movie that came out in 2020. That, yeah, the one that like he was like, no, it's going to be in that theaters. That didn't bring people back to theaters. Yes. And um, Dell is is uh, Ted from, from Ted. It's going to be the... Just like a cuddlier version? That's no, like... no, no. No, no, no. It's Ted. One because that's, that's not gonna, allowed to curse? Because that's... No. Because that's going to get Neil... It's going to give him the, the road rage. Oh. Yeah. That's a very interesting casting. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we have enough... I don't think Ted's been cast enough. I think that... He only has, what, two movies? He's got... Yeah, that's it. Just two. I think he's. I think he needs more. Not necessarily Ted 3. I think he might want to branch out. Yeah, maybe. We're going to put him in the Planes, Trains, and Automobiles uh, remake. Do you know what would be kind of cool if you did like a... Like a um, I <laughs> April uh like a Lupita Nyong'o in the Neil role because I feel like she takes mostly serious roles. But then Lupita Nyong'o's other character from Us as the Del role. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, Kate McKinnon in the Del role. Okay, that's kind of like that one movie we watched with Kate McKinnon and uh, Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis and Kate McKinnon plays a character named Morgan Freeman. Yep. Yeah, it was the spy who dumped me. Yep. It was actually pretty good. Honestly, not as bad as you might think. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any other questions or trivia yeah so trivia i only have a couple things okay uh, i tried to limit it again to tom's tidbits tom's top tidbits yes so this is both steve martin and john candy's favorite movie of their own really yeah. oh my god steve martin has been in a lot of stuff yeah candy was in a lot of stuff a lot of good yeah, stuff too. yeah i guess you're right he didn't like camp candy more well that wasn't a movie oh i guess you're right um so in the in the car rental scene, which is exactly one in which is exactly one minute long, in that sixty seconds, the F word is used nineteen times. That's genius. And the nineteenth time eighteen by him and nineteenth by the, uh, the, the other lady, yeah. Yeah, which was a great punchline. Yeah, it was very funny. Um Director John Hughes was known for staging improv moments to capture a genuine reaction. Oh, I like that. So he wasn't What was the movie that we just Watched well, Willy Wonka happened. was one of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there was one after that though. Yeah. He wasn't satisfied with the scene when they get picked up by that weird guy. Yeah. The redneck guy. That was so funny. Um, so he privately told the actor to wipe spit in his right hand right before shaking hands. With oh, that's Steve so smart. And Steve Martin wasn't expecting it. He just looked so disgusted, and apparently that's a genuine. So pre-COVID. Genuine reaction. The crew <laughs> reportedly exploded in laughter as Martin ran off to wash his hands immediately following the encounter. That's awesome. Yes. Um, after Dell steals Nell's cab at the beginning of the movie, Neil yeah. looks down and sees that the cab is gone. And in the puddle, there's two shower curtain rings. Oh, wow. <laughs> See, there That's you go. That's art, baby. That's why you got to rewatch. That is art. Uh, casting. We talked about... We didn't talk about this, did we? Mm, I don't think so. So no. consider John Hughes originally wanted Tom Hanks for Neil and John Travolta for Del Grip for Dell. I don't know about that. Hanks was unavailable because he was shooting big. He would have been fine. Yeah, he would. That's not the problem. Travolta was not Par Paramount executives didn't want Travolta because he was considered box office poison at the time. Yes, I knew that. <laughs> we talked about this in another movie, uh, Top Gun or something. It was um yes, and then I know that like uh, Pulp Fiction brought him back. Yes. Yes. Uh, and other people considered uh, Rick Moranis was considered for Neil. Uh, 
and he would have been he would have been really good and different uh, vibe john goodman was considered for dell which would have been oh that would have been okay a little bit different a little bit harder yeah but similar vibe yeah totally so that's really it on the casting and then i just have one more um trivia so elton john and lyricist gary osborne were commissioned to write the theme song for the movie they had completed writing it but two days before they were supposed to record it paramount said that they wanted the master to be property of the studio and elton john was like he said i don't do that i don't do that um and then he withdrew and then they licensed a song to be the theme song so wait 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 they licensed a a different song a A paul young song so elton john's original song was never recorded ah that that was my question was it like planes trains automobiles no like that uh no but also bernie toppin wasn't writing it so it might have sounded a little bit different than a normal elton john song you're probably right yeah so that's all i've got for trivia i I did read a little bit of the roger ebert review which i really liked and it sort of sums up a lot of how i feel it's a it's a great review it's one of those that like he included it on his uh, list of great movies yes and he gave it four stars. He originally gave four it four out of four, three and a half in the beginning when he first reviewed it, and then he Which gave is it a still f- very good for him. And then in two thousand, he re-reviewed it and he gave it a four out of four. Love, I love a retrospective like that where yeah. you can change your opinion. We do that all the time. He says that it w- succeeded largely in part because Steve Martin and John Candy don't play characters. They just sort of embody themselves. Yeah. And he says, that's why the comedy, which begins securely planted in the twin genres of the road movie and the buddy picture is able to reveal so much heart and truth. Mm-hmm. Um, he says that not one movie a year contributes a catchphrase to the language. We remember Jack Nicholson ordering the toast. If you build it, they will come. E.T. phone home. I'm walking here. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Are you talking to me? And he says... And we remember the scene where Dell and Neil wake up cuddled together in the cramped motel bed, and Neil asks Dell where his hand is, and Dell says, It's between some pillows, and Neil says, Those aren't pillows. And the bo- two men bolt out of bed in terror, and Neil shouts, You see that Bears game last week? And Dell cries, What a game, what a game, Bears gonna go all the way. And he said, Like I said earlier, this isn't homophobia, but it's just men raised to be shy and distant around other men. Well, it's funny that Roger Ebert said that was like the most memorable part because yeah. we were it's just. Not. 30 minutes ago. We were at a coffee shop with my parents and my dad said that he doesn't, he's like, oh, we got to watch that to my mom. He's like, I haven't seen it in decades. He said, the only thing I remember is the scene with the pillows. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, wow. Yeah. So uh, Ebert also said, one night, a few years after Planes, Trains, and Automobiles was released, I came upon John Candy sitting all by himself in a hotel bar in New York, smoking and drinking. And we talked for a while. We were going to be on the same TV show the next day. He was depressed. People loved him, but he didn't seem to know that, or it wasn't enough. He was a sweet guy, and nobody had a word to say against him, but he was down on himself. All he wanted to do was make people laugh, but sometimes he tried too hard, and he hated himself for doing that in some of his movies. I thought of Dell. There is so much truth in the role that it transforms the whole movie. Hughes knew it and captured it again in Only the Lonely, 1991, and Steve Martin knew it, and he played straight to it, which is exactly mm. what he does in this movie. Wow. And Steve Martin talked about Candy in a, in a later interview, and he said... Well, he was a very sweet guy, very sweet and complicated. And so he was always friendly, always outgoing and, you know, funny and nice and polite. But I could tell he had kind of a little broken heart inside him. I wonder if there's a documentary about John Candy. I think there might be. I think there is. Um, And then he, uh, Ebert wrapped it up by saying, the movies that last, the ones we return to, don't always have lofty themes or Byzantine complexities. Sometimes they last because they are arrows straight to the heart. When Neil unleashes that tirade in the motel room and Dell's face saddens, he says, oh, I see. 
it is a moment that not only defines Dell's life, but is a turning point in Neil's because he also is a lonely soul and too well organized to know it. Strange how much poignancy creeps into this comedy and only becomes stronger while we're laughing. Beautifully said. We love Roger Ebert. Love Roger. R.I.P. Roger Ebert. R.I.P. John Candy. Um, I agree with him the gods. too. I I actually find that more simple movies and movies with a simpler message uh, hit with me more. And movies like this with where where you have somebody like John Candy who just bleeds emotion, you know, like yeah. without even like not, without being sappy and without being like melodramatic. Like he just it, he just is that. He just radiates that. Yeah. And there's I love that. a lot of people that are. A lot of great actors are like that. R.I.P. John Candy. Yeah. That's all I've got in terms of- Is this of... real last name Candy? I think so. That is so cool. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think I think that's it for that. We so... should change your last name to Candy. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah. All right. John Franklin Candy is his name. So are we going to do our Kevin Bacon? Yeah. I've got one. So the other night, we were- After we watched PT&A, I- uh, the first thing that I noted was the Kevin Bacon cameo. And I was just like, wow. It's one of the first things that happens in the movie. Yeah. I said, these six degrees, man, they're legit. So I that night we played kind of six degrees of Kevin Bacon. And it got out of control we real were, fast. We were exhausted, too. And we were like, uh, just coming up with these random movies. <laughs> so I think I actually much... Because, all right, when you look at Kevin Bacon's Wikipedia, he honestly was in movies with almost everybody. And, but, like, you may not have heard of them. So, like, he's in, like, a random movie with, like, Robert De Niro that you've never heard of. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. So... I kind of prefer to do it where you go with his big stuff and you kind of go off tangents. Yeah. I, Unless you know one of the... Uh, yeah, of course. So I think that we should play six certificates of Kevin Bacon. Okay. Not as fancy as a degree, right? So it's, it's not a little as, bit looser. It's a little bit looser. So instead of having to be an actor in a movie with Kevin Bacon... It could be maybe so-and-so dated somebody. Right. Maybe they were in a Wendy's commercial with somebody. You know, it like... I, I would can... say the the one limit I put on it was that if you're saying that the person was on a TV show with the person, it has to be... They were on like the same season. So like you can't say John Belushi was in Saturday Night Live with Keenan Thompson. Because exactly. Because they were never on at the same time together. I think that's totally fair. Um, So that is what we're going to do. Okay. And it doesn't also need to be like an actor to an actor. Right. It could be something more kind of amorphous than that. Yeah. So I want you, Tom, and I figure we can cut a lot of the dead air as you're thinking. Yeah. Um, Thank you for giving me more work to do. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to connect six certificates of Kevin Bacon from Kevin Bacon to Kermit the Frog. Kermit the Frog. Okay. So. Talk it through. Okay, so we've got... And it doesn't need to be six degrees. It could be 27 degrees. Yeah. Or certificates. I, I already kind of know where I'm headed, okay. I think. Uh, so I'm working backwards. So I'm starting with Kermit the Frog and I'm and I'm coming back. I think that's fine. Um. Okay. So we've got... And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end at Kevin Bacon. So I'm going to go backwards from, from Kermit and end at Kevin Bacon. If okay. That, if that works. Yes. Because it's, it's reciprocal. It's the same. I love that. So Donald Glover... Kermit the Frog was in The Muppets with Donald Glover. He was? Donald Glover was in The Muppets? The 2000-whatever one? With Jason Segel? Can I double-check that? Yeah, because I don't know about I, that, I'm almost, po I'm almost positive Donald Glover was in The Muppets. Okay. We'll see about that. There's a lot of people He was. In the 2011. Muppets. He was All in right. The Muppets. Yes. All right. We'll take it. Okay. So, 
Where was I? Donald Glover was in the Muppets with Kermit. With Kermit. So okay. Kermit so I'm, I'm on to Donald Glover, who, who was in Atlanta. Okay. With Brian Tyree Henry. Okay. Who was in If Beale Street Could Talk with Dave Franco. Okay. Who was in 21 Jump Street with Johnny Depp, who was in Black Mass with Kevin Bacon? Question mark. Okay. Let me see if Kevin Bacon was in Black Mass. I think he was. I have a funnier way to get there, actually. I'm sure you do. Using the same sort of Yeah, Kevin Bacon was in Black Mass. All right. Well, here's mine. Ready? Kermit the Frog was in Holy Moly with Jenny Mai, <laughs> who is engaged to Jeezy, who belonged to P. Diddy's record label, and Diddy was on the Sundance 2007 red carpet in a painfully <laughs> awkward picture with Kevin Bacon. How did you get, how did you, what did you, did you have to look anything up for that? I mean, I obviously. mean, you had to look up the Jeezy, that Jeezy was on Diddy's label. Um, And I had to look up the Getty Images picture that cost $400. But how did no, you think, $500. But how did you think of Diddy when you were like Kevin, like, oh, I think Kevin Bacon has a connection with Diddy. I just thought that, that just they did. A, I just had intuition. a feeling. And look, 2007 Sundance, they do, turns out. That's mine. Okay. <laughs> Why don't you do Kevin Bacon to our son? To our son? Yeah. Okay. I can do that pretty easy, I think. All right, so let's see. I need to... Okay, so let's see. All right, this is really easy. I, so I, Kevin I could, Bacon, I could do it in three. Kevin Bacon was in Flatliners yes. with Julia Roberts, who was in Stepmom with your cousin. Yes. Who um is cousin. was in home movies with me. And <laughs> you are his dad. Yes, yes, yes. So that's what, four? Yeah, that's pretty My cousin easy. actually wasn't stepmom, so that's a legitimate connection between yeah, myself and, do that pretty and, easy. and Julia Roberts and Kevin Bacon. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's it. There you go. That and that has been six certificates of Kevin Bacon. Yes. Also, shout out Flatliners. Just, yeah. Just because. That's great. Yeah. So that's uh, that's that. Do you have any more you want to do? No, I think that we could do it though. Like um, anytime Kevin Bacon. Anytime Kevin Bacon shows up, up, get a new one in there. Or Bacon adjacent. Yeah. One of the big things we we did um, the other night was I asked Tom to connect Kevin Bacon to Marvin the Martian. Oh yeah, and we got there. Through we got there Space Jam a couple different ways. We got there a few ways. We got there through, through Space Bill Murray. Jam. We got there through Wayne Knight. Yeah. Uh, we got there through Zen- LeBron James. Zendaya. Yeah. Yeah, we got through a couple of different ways. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think many of them were by six, but we we probably could have tightened it up. Oh, definitely, especially knowing everything we know now. Yeah. With all the Kevin Bacon movies. Now that we're woke on our Kevin Bacon filmography. No, Kevin Bacon was in... All right, so here's an easy one. Kevin, I can get there in a couple. Kevin Bacon was in She's Having a Baby with Bill Murray, who was oh, in go. Space Jam with Marvin the Martian. There you go. That's, That's it. That's really easy. That's it. <laughs> Kevin Bacon is right next to Marvin the Martian. Yep. Yep. All right, so that's been six certificates of Kevin Bacon. This <laughs> is electric stuff we've got I love here. It. Um, yeah, so does Planes, Trains, and Automobiles make Baby's First Watch List? Yeah! It does. Uh, do you have any takeaways? There's a million um, takeaways from this movie. My takeaways are go with the flow. Travel's hard. Uh, my other one is don't judge a book by its cover. 
go underneath the surface and you may find that you enjoy other people more than you think. Yeah, I have something similar to your first one, which was when things go out of your uh, out of your control, go wrong, just sort of take them in stride and find humor in them. Yeah. Because like Neil is so worked up about missing Thanksgiving and he takes it all out on Dell, who's admittedly annoying at times. But if Neil chilled out a little bit more and was less arrogant and stuck up and stuck in his own brain, he probably would have found a lot more humor in what was going on mm-hmm, in this exactly. movie. And it wouldn't have been as funny, but... Yeah, but it's it would have been a much, much more uh, pleasant experience for them. Yes. So that is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Uh, our next movie is a movie that neither of us have seen. I've right? seen it. Oh, you have seen it. Okay. Yep. I have not seen it. It has some major star power. I know. I'm so excited. Uh, it's 1995's Waiting to Exhale. Yeah. It's directed by Forrest Whitaker in his directorial debut. Mm-hmm. And it features Whitney Houston, uh, Angela Bassett. Lur- She's the star of Angela Bassett. I, like, when I think of Waiting to he- Exhale, I think of Angela Bassett. Loretta Devine and Leela Roshan. Is that how you say her name? I don't know. Okay. Leela, if you're listening, let us know. Uh, it's on HBO Max, uh, and if all goes to plan, it's going to be our first video episode. Yeah. So if you're if you listen on Spotify or whatever, like feel free to keep doing that. That's that's great. But we're going to have some content on YouTube and on TikTok, like little clips and reels and stuff. And on our Instagram, we're going to post like video portions of our reels and things like that. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we have a little bit of an upgrade coming next week. Yeah, uh, be nice to me. I just had a baby. F- follow us on. Uh, <laughs> follow us on. TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, all at Baby's First Watch List, and we'll have some more stuff up soon. Uh, and again, obviously, always rate us five stars. Or, you know, <laughs> I don't know if you can hear. He's on he's the baby like, monitor waking up from his nap right yeah, now. Yeah, we got to go down Yeah, then. so we got to wrap this up. And happy Thanksgiving! Yeah, enjoy your pumpkin pie and your cranberry sauce. Yeah, make sure it's not sugar-free. <laughs> we, hey, we didn't, even, we didn't even go into that, okay? <laughs> all right all right well that's that we will uh see you guys next week for waiting to excel i don't know if i said it's on hbo max i forget if i said that or not i think uh so yeah it's a it's a movie that i don't know if many people our age have seen so you do know though there's one very popular meme from it oh is there i don't know i'm sure i will recognize it you will definitely recognize it okay that's great so we will see you guys next week all right bye